Welcome to the Maroon Mike Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Miller. And I'm your other co-host, Lounge Dog. Lounge, that was bad on Saturday. I don't even think bad's the right word. Yeah, uh, atrocious, horrible. Um, embarrassing. Embarrassing is a good one. Um, Mississippi State football gets demolished 41-14 to LSU. Uh, LSU had like 540 yards of offense. State had 201. Um, one of the worst offensive performances we've, we've seen from MSU. It, from yardage, it was their worst since Alabama and Leach's first year. Um, so, yeah, that's not a good place to be in. Uh, I think I, I counted 26% success rate, which success rate is basically judging based on the down and distance, what percentage of that yardage do you pick up. It's like you get 50% on first down, 75% on second down, and then 100% on third or fourth down. State on a it was only a quarter of their plays that state ran a successful play. Um, I know Josh Pate had the tweet out there. There were eleven straight plays where state's offense either picked up no yards or got negative yardage. Um, that was about as bad as we've seen it. And obviously, the defensive side of the ball was not any better. Um, Malik Neighbors completely embarrassed the MSU secondary. Jaden Daniels was able to do whatever he wanted. He he had the best performance of his career against MSU on the side of the ball that state fans want to believe that we're supposed to be good at. Um, so, yeah, this was just a really bad day, and now there's not a lot of optimism for this team going forward. No, they killed that in one one day, in about two and a half hours. And, man, it's just like you try to trying to find some positives, and, I mean – Oh, we're what? not doing players of the game today. We're not wasting our time. No, dude. No. If any if anybody deserves a player of the game, Mike Wright for at least having that scoring a touchdown. I would have considered Tulu, but there's also a play where like Will for as bad of a day as Will Rogers had, he had Tulu open for probably a touchdown, and he throws it where he would be throwing it if Tulu was running full speed. Tulu was not running full speed, and therefore Will overthrows him. Like, one of the few throws Will put it where he was supposed to put it, Tulu was kind of just coasting. And it could have been a big play, could have been a touchdown. It wouldn't have mattered at that point. The game was well over with. Um, but, yeah, just this was a bad day for Mississippi State. Um, and even though this is a game where I think most of us expected a loss. Um, and, look, I, I picked LSU to cover. I had them winning by 10. Obviously, it's very different when they win by as much as they did, and I think everybody's just walking away from this like, well, why should we have any confidence in this team? And you consider that South Carolina at least gave Georgia a fight for a half, um, which Georgia woke up in the second half and did what Georgia does. But now you're like, crap, we have to go on the road to Columbia. Like, And, again, that's a game that I think everyone kind of listed as a toss-up before the year, but now you kind of feel like are they just going to go get embarrassed in that game too? Uh, obviously, we'll preview that later in the week, but – it's just you can't feel good about where Mississippi State football is at right now. You don't feel good about the coaching staff. You don't feel good about the roster. And that schedule, for as bleh as the SEC looks, you can't get excited. I, I think in a year where everyone should be able to circle Alabama and say, this is our chance, does any Mississippi State fan think that's happening? Like, this would be the year. This would be the year if there was ever a year in two weeks. But you can't have uh, now at this point. Um, it's just 
It's looking bleak. I mean, I'm about to say Barnett's already gone after the student section. I mean, everybody's frustrated. I get it. But man, you knew what you. I hate, I hate to go straight cr- breaking into it, but you knew Will Franklin was a bad hire from the, the beginning. Uh, we'll get to that. I want to talk defense first because the, uh-huh. the offense is obviously where everyone's at, and the offense is where we'll spend the most time. But let's, let's go into the defense first, get them out of the way. There were a lot of people who were still, including myself, confident the defense would just remain good. But I did point out there were some real concerns about where the pass rush was going to come from and then what we were getting out of that secondary. And all I heard with the secondary was uh, D-Cam is still – we got, still got D-Cam, we're fine. And there was an argument that the safety group is better than the safeties we had last year. Um, You're missing Randy Charlton. You're missing Tyrus Wheat. And, yeah, you're missing Ty, uh, Emmanuel Forbes, but you're missing Jalen Green. You're missing Jackie Matthews. Like – those pieces on the back end, obviously we all highlight Emmanuel Forbes, but the, the, you had a couple solid safeties back there as well. And you're not generating any pass rush up front. And it was a terrible matchup against LSU, and they they lit you up. Um, the pass rush does not get there unless State blitzes. And when they do that, they get beat because they don't have the coverage on the back end. Like they tried to play a little bit more aggressive on a few of those fourth downs, and what happened was you get a safety matched up with Malik Neighbors, and Neighbors just runs a slot fade and kills him. Now, part of that is just the way they run this defense is that slot receivers are going to be covered by safeties. That's just how that goes. They did make an adjustment later. They tried it one. They finally put Decam in the slot on Neighbors. It Daniels could have thrown to him for a third touchdown. He passed on it. Uh, but when he had that safety matchup, he took it twice. And that's one of those things, like, I, I don't know how you you correct that. I mean, this is two straight years where, like, the design of the defense, like, the LSU scouted this perfectly. They know, hey, if we put our best receiver in the slot, they're going to get matched up with a safety who can't cover. And they took advantage. Um, That's just it, this team, it, they're, they're stuck in a place where if they want to play conservative on the back end, you're going to give the quarterback all day and somebody's going to get open. If they play aggressive on the back end, they're going to get beat. Um. Which even when they play conservative, this is the other thing. I don't understand how we allow, allow so much wide open space underneath, especially oh, on yeah. third downs. Like, I, I will be the first person to tell you that I don't know nearly as much when it comes to defensive philosophy as I do offense. I don't understand how every time we drop back into a zone, though, we have our uh, the guys who are supposed to be responsible for the underneath zones are going back beyond the sticks. And I guess I get it's one thing. Like, there was the one where he converted it to the running back leaking out of the backfield, and, like, everybody else had gone vertical. I kind of get it, but at the same time, like, how is no one responsible for that? And how is it – well, we're just going to fly up and make the tackle. Well, you didn't. You didn't all day. And you gave up all these easy completions underneath because there's not a defender within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage on these plays. Um, It's just – Like, when they were catching the ball third down, like, there was never a defender on the TV screen. Correct. Like, I, I was trying – like, th- that one I was just talking about um, with the running back, I wanted to watch and see, okay, why are the defenders dropping? You can't see because the way they do the camera angle, they keep it so zoomed in that you can't really watch what they're doing in the secondary. I have no idea what they were doing back there, but I know that if there's not a defender on the TV screen, that's probably not a good 
thing. I think you can put it there. Like, and I mean, Jaden Daniels didn't scramble all that much just because he had guys open all day. But when he did, he still burnt us because we still kept trying to put a linebacker on him. There were multiple times Jet Johnson was the spy. Jet Johnson is not going to bring down Jaden Daniels. I guess it's better, better than putting Nathan Pickering on him like they did last year. But Jet Johnson, for as good as he is, that's not what his strength is. This defense just isn't like this deep. The defense simply isn't good. And like you look, South Carolina, for as bad as they are, and their offensive line does suck. So if Mississippi State does not get pressure next week, there's no hope for this defense. But like Spencer Rattler is playing well, and their receivers are good. Like that's scary oh. against the secondary right now. Uh, Alabama's Alabama. Their their passing game scares no one, but I'm sure they'll go for 300 against us because that's just how that goes now at this point. Oh yeah, like it, it's tough to watch. Oh, it's it's bad. I mean, I mean, just no, like no, like no resistance whatsoever from that defense. And I mean, we, I'm sure you did. And of course, I saw and we noticed it. Arizona game, I said, man, we don't get enough pressure. And it was – and it showed up its, rare, its ugly head again. So, is I mean, unfortunately, it is what it is at this point. I mean, if you're not getting pressure against Arizona, of course, LSU has a pretty good O-line. They do, but, I mean, Florida State, which Florida State does have a good D-line, I'll give them that. But, like, Florida State has some success getting pressure on Daniels. And, like – I, I'm not saying, like, they obviously do a better talent than State. But you expect Mississippi State to have defensive line. You just do. I'm about to say, give, I wanted to give David Turner a couple of years to rebuild that defensive line. You'll have to see which – okay, you just led into – I do have this question because a lot of people are mad at Matt Brock. And believe me, there's a few things they did that weren't great. How much of this, though, is genuinely – do they just not have the dudes on defense we typically have? Yeah, compared to scheme, I want to say it's it, it is literally split 50-50. Like, I think it's you, you scheme too conservatively, but if you like you if you have the dude, you can either do coverage or you can do man. You can do one or the other at least. But I think I think it's also you just ain't got the dudes like try. No, nobody on that team is Emmanuel Forbes, who, who by the way, got an p- interception yesterday. So, I'm leaning more towards he ain't you just ain't got the dudes. I mean, he's playing solid coverage because he wants to at least because he knows his corners can't hold up in the back end. I mean, that you saw when they did play, man, they got burnt for a touchdown. So it's. That has to be, that has to be overhauled big time. I, I I tend to agree, and like a point that I hear the recruiting guys make time and time again is defensive success is far more correlated to recruiting success than it is scheme. Like offensively, you can see coaches take offenses that are not good, but find ways to score points, especially because in the college game it is fairly easy to scheme stuff wide open because you can take the rules you can take advantage of and the spacing. Um, it's hard to do that on defense because obviously a lot of those rules work against you. 
So you kind of have to have the athletes. MSU has had the athletes for many years. They got the athletes this year. It kind of feels like they might not. Like, Cameron Richardson was supposed to be one of those guys. He didn't have a good game. Now, DeCarlos Nicholson, I think he's he's playing better. So you're fine. You found one of your other guys to be a starter at corner. But that safety group is like a complete question mark right now. And then pass rusher, you just um, none of those guys off the edge have stepped up yet. And, and you would you would expect Nathan Pickering to have done something by now. I did see through the first two weeks because I follow that guy SEC Statcat uh, Clark Brooks, who's now for on three. Nathan Pickering actually for I think interior defensive lineman had like the most. I don't know if it it wasn't pressures, but I guess it was uh, impactful plays or something of like all SEC interior linemen. Pickering has had been playing well. Obviously, you didn't really see much of him yesterday. Crumity made a few more plays, but that's the thing. The interior defensive lineman, for as much as like it helps to have a defensive, a, a, not defensive, a dominant player there. At the end of the day, your best pass rush and opportunities come off the edge. Like it's tough to generate a consistent pass rush if you don't have somebody that you can line up at defensive end or Sam Backer or whatever you're going to do who is going to go and attack that quarterback. And right now, whether it's uh, um. Jordan Davis, Deontay Anderson, Devontae Russell. Uh, I already forgot the kid's name. Um, J.P. Purvis, John Lewis, and then Deshaun Page. That's who I was forgetting, like at, at Sam Backer. We haven't seen anything from those guys yet that suggests they can do that. And I, I don't think this defense can have success if you don't got a guy who's getting that pressure consistently off the back end. Like, I almost feel like – I oddly almost feel like if you're not going to get pressure at all, you need to adjust this scheme a little bit to almost be a little bit more conservative in a, in a sense. Like, I, I'm seriously saying, like, rush three, drop eight. Like, on, on a lot of plays. And I know the thought is, well, teams will just run all over you. You can actually take in the three three five. There is a way that you can play it where you play with a light box and still stay strong against the run. This is what Iowa State does. Um they basically try to invite you to run the football because they know their guys are going to kind of swarm in and make the tackle as soon as you hand it off. Yeah. I, I think State might want to look into that because at, at this point, like the, the super aggressive style that we try to play, which I know we're not really doing that as much this year because they're playing so soft on the back end, but like trying to bring all these exotic pressures and looks like it's just, it's not getting home. So I don't know. They, they got to figure something out on the defensive side of the ball. Um, over on the offense, because I know this is where most people are mad. Oh, I mean, I'm mad too. State does not have an offensive identity. Like, and I know this has been a, made a point made by a few different people, but it's true. When you watch Mississippi State, they do not know what they are as an offense. All right, you had a very sad identity with the air raid, and not everybody liked it, but you at least knew what you were doing. Uh, this is the team that's fresh in my mind because I was watching to get ready for LSU, Florida State. You watch Florida State's offense, you see what their identity is. They build off of running counter. Like, they are going to run counter 20 different ways. They are going to have their play options off it. They're going to have their misdirections off it. They're going to have their screen game off it. They build off that play, and everything they do fits together as a scheme. And it's all built together of when they try to take away this, we go to this. When they try to take away that, we'll go to this. And, and it all flows together as a system. State doesn't have that right now because they're trying to mesh systems and it's going horrible. 
because they're trying to go to doing more of this pro style, the, the wide zone, and then setting up for play action stuff downfield while also trying to keep some of the air raid stuff in there. And it's just not coming together for these teams because I think you have – on the one hand, I think your offensive line is they are better as run blockers as they are as pass blockers, which is hilarious because they, they were in the air raid. And, I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll give you just a sec. I'll let you get into your point. I do think some of that – the reason they handled it better in the air raid is just because they didn't get blitzed all that much and defenses were having to play so soft on the back end. Even when defenses changed it up against State, Defenses were still more conservative playing state than they would play a lot of teams because they know if we attack, there's just going to be open space that they can quickly hit and attack. They're not worried about that now with the new offense. So if they know it's a passing situation, they're getting after it. And they don't handle it well. And that's what, which is kind of funny because if, even if you lean more on the run game, where they still have some blunders, and I'm going to talk about one that kills me in a sec, because um, they're, they're still adjusting to picking up the, some of those new run schemes. You want to do that ideally to set up the play action shots downfield. All right. Well, that doesn't work because when you as soon as you try to do that, because you've brought a bunch of defenders down to the box who are trying to fly downhill, they immediately just let pressure get through. And Will Rogers is not going to hit. We, we, we keep talking about we're trying to set this up to throw a 50-yard bomb down the field. You can't throw that if the, the quarterback has a defender in his face the second he goes to try to do that. So, like, that side of it doesn't work. And then – you have the, the kind of air raid S side of it as well, where, like I just mentioned, the offensive line, they can't hold from pass. So they're not going to pick it up. And I'm not taking away – I'm not trying to take any blame away from Rodgers. I have some points I'm going to make about him in a sec because he certainly, even when they did run some stuff that you would think suits him, he had issues yesterday. It was a bad, bad game. But to, it starts up front, and you, you, you talked about it. Like, Will Friend, that's not working so far. Oh, well, I knew it wouldn't work. I tried to be positive, not, not even think about he was on the staff, and then I remembered, crap. Once I saw his product on the field, I was like, ugh. Man, I mean, Arnett, Arnett's got to let him go. I'm sorry. He has never been successful anywhere he's been. Tennessee, Auburn. Uh, no. I'm sorry. He. But yeah, I remember you tweeted me the other day. But it's about recruiting. I'm like, I don't want any of his recruits because he doesn't develop them anyways. You're entirely right. Which that's Zach Arnett. His philosophy with this staff is to go out and get recruiters. Well, some of them are not coaching, and the one who's most obvious there, like you can get the talent. It does you no good if you can't develop. And I know people. I say that like people can point to like the recruiting people will always point to, well, there's a baseline level of talent you have to have. Look what happens to Texas A&M when they don't coach any players. Look what had been happening to Texas for so many years. It looks like they're starting to figure it out, but like they get the players and they do nothing with them. Like, but you're Mississippi state too. I don't, I don't care how good of a recruiters we hire. And I'm going to get called me in poor old state here. I don't care. There is a ceiling to the level Mississippi State can recruit at, specifically with where we are as an, with NIL as a program. We're okay when it comes to retaining players. We're not as good at it when it comes to going and getting high school players. There is a level of talent that Mississippi State can get, and it is not a level of talent where you can just throw them out there and that guy's a future first-rounder he's going to handle his business. You have to develop and coach guys up. You just do. And to your point, Will Friend has a track record of not doing that well. 
And this offensive line in pass protection has been disastrous this season. And then on the run blocking side, they've been a little bit better. They've picked up that zone scheme a little bit. But they haven't picked up all that well as gap scheme stuff because, like, when they try to run counter, which they want to run a bunch, they're not all that good at it, which the example that kills me, it's not an example of missed execution. It's an example of a guy not knowing the play call. Dollar Bill Johnson, second play of the game, after State picks up a nice first down. We're calling counter to the left, which means that our guard and the tackle on the right side are going to pull and come around. Well, clearly Dollar Bill, who's the left tackle, thinks it's counter to the right because he pulls and goes to the right. So what happens is he gets in the way of our own tackle, who's supposed to be acting as the lead blocker for Woody Marks. They had the thing, if if, if Dollar Bill does his job, they actually had a, a good look for it to be a good run. And maybe that, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that drive turns into points for State, but I think they would have picked up nice yardage instead of getting behind the chains. But no, it, Woody Mark, because because he gets in the way, they don't get the blocks right. The defenders are able to come flying in, and it gets like Woody has to fight to even get back to the line of scrimmage. And then, like, that, how does that miscommunication happen? How do you get in that situation and you think we're going the other way? Like, I don't think that's a coaching thing. That's a player blunder. But on the coaching side of it, I've seen them try to run this play at other points, and like, consistently, you have missed blocks on on, on the inside. Like, they're. they're adjusting to this stuff too and like if you're if you're going to insist on running all this new stuff you have to trust your players and execute it they don't consistently execute it. so that falls back on will friend it falls back on kevin barbe for insisting on running certain concepts that maybe don't fit these guys like that's that's stuff that has to be corrected because at the end of the day like you can overcome an offensive line a little bit but it, it, when you face teams that are this that much better than you you're going to get with and oh. yesterday against LSU, got whipped. Um, and I think South Carolina has a couple guys up front on their D-line that are solid. Alabama, for as bad as they are, we know they do. Ole Miss has some guys in the defensive line. Texas A&M definitely does. Arkansas, I don't know. But, and Auburn, I have no idea. But a lot of these other teams Auburn, are going to – Auburn doesn't have a great defensive line. I Kentucky's should be good. I, I don't really know. I haven't watched them yet, but they've got I know they have pieces they like a lot. The point is you're gonna face good defense like you had these issues against Arizona last week with defensive linemen who are not to the caliber of what you're gonna be facing going forward. Like that's that's just a big issue for me. Um going back to kind of the identity thing, I'll give credit to Barbe for trying some more like air raid esque stuff. Like, they tried going four wide. They tried running some stuff that closer to what Will is, is comfortable with. But I think you still see he is adjusting to a new system where he just he, – he doesn't yet know where his receivers are going to be on these plays. And, and that's tough. But there's also the part where when Will gets under pressure, when you start pressuring him early in the game, he gets to a point where he just gets antsy in the pocket. Like, even if there's a clean pocket, he does not handle it well. And – like I said, now you're at a part where defenses feel like they just need to run up and attack. And this is where it just becomes tough because I, I, I don't know. I think the stuff they want to do with all the play action and the bootlegs and the rollouts and that stuff, I don't think that suits well Will all that well. I don't think he's good running those plays. 
I also don't think when you're running that stuff, you're doing it because, okay, run, 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 play action. I don't think Will is best suited in that. I think he needs to be like be able to get into a rhythm. And I, again, they did try some of that yesterday, but they were still mixing in the other stuff to throw it off. And like I said, I think you can tell where he doesn't know where his receivers are going to be, which this is the point that I, I thought about. Remember Chad Bumpus made the big point about how excited he was to be teaching these receivers a route tree this year? Uh-huh. Where uh-huh. they weren't running, they didn't run a route tree in the air raid. They just ran to space. Okay. I think you're kind of some of those throws where it's like there's all not on the same page. That's because they're you ever, I don't know if it's solely the route tree, but that's like those are receivers thinking I'm supposed to run to this spot and we'll see something else. Will sees open space here. In the air raid, it was all about where's the grass? Find open grass. That's where the ball needs to go. That's changing a little bit here. And I like clearly his receivers are seeing it differently than he is. And I think that's where even when they try to run some concepts that are a little bit closer to what he's used to, they're having to to figure that like they're not yet there on the same page. Um I mean I just I don't know how well he suits in a system that right now is allowing a ton of pressure to get put on him. And it's not as much about attacking space. It's more of a, we want to run to set up the pass type stuff. I don't know if Will is able to thrive in that, which that that's where you kind of run to the question of, it, are you going to say that Will is your, your best option to run out there? And I think, I still think Will Rogers is the best quarterback on the roster. I know people are tired of him. I still think he's ultimately better than Mike Wright. But if you're not going to build an offense that ultimately suits Will, which I understand the offensive line limits that, you have to try to play Mike Wright more, which that's the thing. The refusal to do it yesterday until, like, outside of just a couple situations doesn't make any sense at all. If you see the offense is continuously struggling and, you like, you're trying to spread it out, you're trying to throw the ball and it's not working, you can't find anything. How do you not put my – oh, and you see the pressure's getting there. How do you not put a quarterback who's able to run and able to alleviate then out there into the backfield? How do you not give that guy more snaps? Man, it's just it's coaching malpractice. Sometimes, like I, I, I said, I think I said it last episode, sometimes coaches overthink stuff way too much. And sometimes they don't overthink, and sometimes they underthink it. But you, you got to make a move. Like you need some mobility. I get it. You you need some mobility back there. Uh, behind that offensive line, because like you said, that offensive line was getting whipped all day Saturday. So. You just have to shoot. I I don't know. It's just you know, but you gotta let Mike Wright throw it a little more too. Once you do put it on there, because you know he did have, throw a touchdown. Yeah, when it didn't matter. No, you've got to try something with him. Which also, I'll say this: even though I liked that they tried to get into more like air raid esque stuff to try and help Will in the in the receivers a little bit. Like when you see that's not working, why did you not give Woody more carries? Like this is me saying this. And and 
for me, it's like, okay, if your philosophy, if you're going to make all this big deal about we, we, we're getting back to running the ball, we're getting back to power football, we're going we're gonna to embrace that. Why didn't you do it at all? I understand LSU's weaknesses in the secondary, but it felt like like they had a stretch where like they didn't they didn't even try to run it a little bit. They didn't put Mike Wright in to give you help with that. Now, most of the runs they tried, I know Woody broke off the long one. Most of them didn't go all that well. But LSU's defensive front just beat them. But you broke a few nice ones. Like I, I if nothing is working on offense, you almost have tried. I I almost feel like Arnett and Barbe. I swear. They got to a point in this game where they said, we're going to prove to everyone that we're right, that we need to be running the ball more. We are going to make all the fans say run the ball because we're going to throw it so much and it's going to go disastrously. I swear that's what they did in this game. I I don't – because it it doesn't make sense. If you're going to say that you want to do all these things that maximize the pieces you have and you see that running back is one of the best pieces you have, how do you not get him more touches? And it's kind of the same way. Like they tried to get some more to Xavion. They obviously did, you know, tried to get Tulu the ball more. Um, although I am I, officially, I'm done. Stop with the reverses to him. Just give him jet sweeps, give him screens. I'm sick and tired of them trying to call the reverse for Tulu. It is not. They've tried it all three games and it's not worked once. Um, like they tried to get some of those players' touches, but I still feel like they're almost overcomplicating it where they're not. It's not as many design plays for that guy. It's not as many plays where it's going to be an easy completion for Will to those guys, which, to be fair, Will missed on some of those. So, you know, he's he's got to take blame there as well. But, like, Woody Marks should have gotten the ball more than he did in this game if your whole thing – like, if your philosophy is we want our best 11 players to get the ball, you didn't do enough of that in this game. And, which, and that's where I still feel like you get the whole identity thing. They can't figure out what they need to be. They can't figure out what, what's going to suit this offense best. And they're they're kind of stuck where they're trying to do all these different things and it just doesn't come together. And until they figure that out, I don't see how this offense is going to be successful. Yeah. It's also just I, – I mean, you basically nailed every, every point on, like, thinking, trying to prove everybody that they're right. I mean – this team, it, it is perplexing to see Barbe go against what exact he would go exactly against what he he promised what would happen, and I, I mean I got I have no answers to be honest with you. It's just mind boggling. Still, just like. In the end game, there's there's no in game adjustments from the staff. It's like, I mean, it's just like 1990s football, just in a kind of more sometimes spread. Sometimes it's just like I heard uh, T. Bob Haybear from LSU say this during I think talking to Brian. To run that type of offense that we run, you have to have better – you better have better players than the other team. And it absolutely showed. So, yeah. that's a huge issue then. That's major problems. Well, and they, like I said, they tried to do less of that 
but it's still – I still don't know if they were st- running the plays that were putting those guys in the absolute best position to succeed. Will, in the offensive line, contribute to that? And I will acknowledge that when you're weak up front and you've got a quarterback who's just missing on throws constantly, like there's only so much you can do. But it, it just feels like – like I think this they need to hurry up and pick a philosophy. And I think they have to find what is the right balance of not not even run versus pass, the right balance of concepts for the players that we have. Okay, we know the offensive line has these weaknesses in protection. What are the passing plays that we can call where we feel confident that they're going to be able to hold up long enough that we can hit the plays we want to? And I know that they want to do this thing and we want to run to set up the pass and get shots downfield. But like I said earlier in this, you don't have time for the shots downfield because as soon as they try to call play action, oh, well, there's a free rusher right up the middle riding Will's face. Which, okay, that's where you get into. Do you try Mike Wright? Like, I know you have to get him more snaps. You have to get him touches to see if it does anything. But if you're going to say, like, I think I ultimately think what they want to be as an offense is what we were just talking about with the the old school physical style we want to run, we want to get the play action shots, all that stuff. I think that's what I want to be. I don't know if Will Rogers is the quarterback who can, who's going to be handling that well. And I don't, I saw a few people say, well, how does that make any sense? Like, it's that's supposed to make life easier on a quarterback. Like, there was one like one guy said, like, how is he ever going to make it in the NFL if, if he can't handle that? I don't care about Will Rogers making it in the NFL. I care about running plays that are going to put us in the best position to succeed. But also to to the point of like how well how does that make any sense? Some quarterbacks do not handle like some some quarterbacks are not good at doing bootlegs. Some quarterbacks are not as good off of play action. Where hey, guess what? Will Rogers is turning his back to the defense. People got so bent out of shape because they heard well, how is Will Rogers going to handle turning his back to the defense? And like we're not going to be running under center. Guess what? You still turn your back to the defense out of pistol too. The back is still behind you. You still turn around and take your eyes off the defense. That is something that he is adjusting to. And when you do that, and then as soon as you look up, you have a defender right in your face because your offensive line can't protect. You're not going to – He. Do, I don't think he handles it all that well. So I, they, they are, have to go back to the drawing board and find out, okay, what are the concepts we can consistently execute that are putting our guys in the best spot to succeed. What is the stuff that fits Will? And Will is number one here. I know all, you know it all starts up front offensive line. I don't care. Your quarterback is where it ultimately starts with. You have to find what is the stuff we can do and where they can get that pressure off of him a little bit, and that's where you have to start. If you can't make it happen because of how bad the offensive line is, all right, well, then you got to figure out something with Mike Wright so that you have a guy back there who can come more. And I think it's that's the point we're at. Yeah, I don't know. We'll we'll have to see. I mean, maybe they, maybe Barbe and Arnett will humble themselves a little bit and try to adapt. I don't know. Just like this weekend, I'm not holding, not hold my breath for any real big, big time adjustments. But maybe we'll see. I mean, when the crap, when the when the fan base is vocal, I mean that's pretty telling. Just in the third game, I mean, posted like I read like I read a quote tweeted stats earlier today. Say we were like dead last in like four offensive categories. I said that is embarrassing. 
Yeah, that was uh, from Brad Crawford of 24-7 Sports, who also pointed out that South Carolina's defense is basically dead last in a lot of major categories right now. If Got State's it. offense is not performed next week, that's it. I, I, I don't know how you would – you have to show something this weekend. You have to find something that you can say, this is what the offense will be, this is how we're going to attack, and you have to put together a good performance. It's really that simple because if you can't score points against, I know it's on the road. I know that's a ridiculously tough place to play. If you can't score points in this South Carolina team, you're not scoring points on anybody. I think it's that simple. Yeah. Just everybody's already looking towards basketball season, apparently. Indeed. We, we are a basketball school now. Um, you know, it, uh, Feels like '96. Um, also, everybody's everybody's looking back to coaching hot board season again um, mm-hmm. because that. Hey, we're obviously we're not getting into this now, but that's uh that's going to become a topic if this team continues to struggle like it, really quick, and which is unfortunate. But there were expectations put in place, and there was also. Like Zach Arnett made decisions for how he wanted to uh, run things this year, and you're kind of seeing some of it early on. It's not going well. So that'll obviously be something that's monitored going forward. We'll be back later in the week uh, to preview uh, the South Carolina game for the state. That's obviously a pivotal matchup of the season. You knew it was pivotal before the year, but it's especially so now with the way that things have started. And uh, we'll see if we think state can get back on the right track. That's going to do it for us today. Thanks to everybody for listening. Thanks, Lance, for hopping on. As always, swing your sword. Hail State.